This is exactly right. Welcome to My Favorite Murder, the mini-sode. That's Karen Kilgariff. Hey. That's Georgia Hartstark. Hi. You How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're going to read you your own me emails back to you. That's right. You're welcome. <laughs> a var- you are welcome on a variety of topics. Hometowns. Yeah. Grandmas. Weird shit people have said to you. I have one. All of it. We love it all. That's right. Do you want to go first this time? Sure. This one's called Something Hidden in a Wall, Mysterious Death, Winnipeg. This story has it all. Yes. That's the subject line. Winnipeg. Hello, lovelies. Longtime listener, two-time writer, shooting my hometown shot one more time. Woo! I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, which is basically known for two things. Being fucking freezing. <laughs> it's negative 41 degrees Celsius here today. And also, Ooh. I know, also having a very high per capita murder rate. So you can imagine I have lots of hometown stories. I was listening to your most recent episode where you talked about the locked door murder, and it sort of reminded me of one of my hometown stories. In the fall of 2003, police were called to a nightclub to investigate what employees and patrons called a, quote, putrid smell. Never anything good. While inspecting the walls of the building, they did not find treasure, but found the mummified remains of a man later identified as a DJ slash party promoter that had been missing for over a year. Oh, no. I know. Had it not been for the recent ban on smoking inside buildings at the time, no one would have noticed the smell. Then it says, I can only imagine the bar that you're picturing right now, and you'd be right. Mm. Up until the ban, any funky smell was attributed to stale smoke, spilled beer, and other nightclub-related accoutrements. Police initially suspected foul play because his body was found in an area so tiny that they had to snake a camera into it to even find him. On top of that, there were no drugs on him or around him in the wall. His friends did say he was drinking the night he went missing, but because his body was so decomposed, they couldn't get the samples they needed to confirm if alcohol was a factor. They ended up ruling the death positional asphyxiation. They think he either passed out or fell into the position while he was in the wall. Why was he in the wall? It's basically all speculation. He went into the wall through a larger opening at the end to retrieve something left there or leave something for someone, but they didn't find anything to corroborate that possibility. Mm. Maybe he was in there using drugs. It seemed like we'll never really know why he was there. My husband knew him back around that time. Then it says he was a former raver, just like you, Georgia, (laughs) (laughs) and said it was quite a shock when they found out what happened to him. Side note, I teach a few psychology courses at one of the universities in Winnipeg. And if one of my students is listening, email me, stay sexy and don't get murdered for a bonus mark on your recent term test. Ooh, I will be no more specific than providing my first name. They have to shoot their shot too, Michelle. <gasps> oh, I feel like Michelle needs to warn other teachers in Winnipeg name Michelle. That is not a threat. If you get a weird email anytime soon. Look, Michelle started this journey, so she's going to have to go on it. But that, you know, 
that same thing happened at Studio 54. Oh, right. And the rafters. To that woman that tried to, she tried to sneak in and she got stuck and died. And it's so, what a whole, I I really, it's so scary and it's so claustrophobic and horrible because there, there is an extended period of time where that person knows they're stuck and they're not getting out of there and they can't get help. And it's, it's such an awful (sighs) reality. Yeah, definitely. Horrible. Oh, start with this one. It says, um, letter from a serial killer. (laughs) Hey y'all, I'm writing to tell you about one of my prized possessions, a letter from a serial killer (laughs) calling all caps me evil. (laughs) (laughs) The killer in question is one of the few convicted female serial killers, Kristen Gilbert. The former nurse at a VA hospital in Northampton, Massachusetts, was jokingly called the angel of death by colleagues after they noticed the bad luck, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. dead patients, that seemed to follow in her wake. Mm -mm. In fact, she happened to be on duty for half of the 350 deaths that occurred on her ward, and prosecutors believe she was responsible for up to 80 deaths and 300 medical emergencies. Oh, my God. But her motivation was not altruism or compassion for sickly dying men in her care. Rather, she was injecting them with doses of epinephrine, um, in parentheses, adrenaline on the regular to induce heart attacks and trigger code blue call outs. See, she happened to be having an affair with a security guard at the hospital who would also be called to respond to code blues. And she would use the opportunity to show off and flirt with him, even jumping on gurneys and sitting astride the patient as she dramatically performed resuscitation, lingerie peeking out from her (gasps) uniform. By the end of her spree, she was doing it to get off work early. Only one patient left on the ward. I can take care of that. Oh, my God. Uh. I, did I cover this? It sounds familiar, but those details are so excessively yeah. creepy and evil. I don't remember. Okay. So anyway, uh, oh, you don't remember every story I did over <laughs> the last six years? That's very insulting to me, <laughs> even though I don't either. Oh, yep. So how was I involved? I was a reporter at the local newspaper, and I tagged team coverage of her November 2000 trial with my colleague, Judith. Most of my assignments involved features to supplement the daily trial updates, such as the toll the trial was taking on our defense attorneys. I also spent a lot of time sitting outside the courtroom with families of the four victims she was ultimately convicted of killing. I was eager to do a jailhouse interview with Kristen's former cellmate, so I made a request in writing. What I got back was a copy of a letter from Kristen telling the cellmate not to talk to me or Judith under any circumstances because we were evil. I was slightly disappointed not to get the interview, but stoked to have this treasure of a letter. I would highly recommend doing the case on your show. Oh, look at this. I checked the archives, oh. but I am not the sleuth I used to be. So apologies if you have already. Thank you for doing our homework <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah, but they're they're still not sure. Yeah. None of us really are. No. There's truly no way of knowing. And don't tell us if you if it's true, please. Yeah, for real. There are... Lots of other juicy details, including potential husband poisoning and pathological tendencies going back to her youth. Stay sexy, etc. SS. Wow. So good. Yeah. Oh, man, that's fucked up. I mean, when a serial killer calls you evil, it's time to look within. <laughs> that's right. That's right. SS. SS. Look at yourself. <laughs> look at yourself. Look to yourselves. Uh, this is a catfish story. Catfishing story. 
Hey. Hey, ladies, gents, pets. Love the podcast. Story time. <laughs> nice. I have a friend. Let's call her blank. <laughs> Literally spelled out. Blank called me one night and told me she was moving to Germany. We lived in Canada. I immediately wanted to ask a million questions. She had met a man, Jamie. He's an American German in the Navy, currently stationed in Germany. He was going to pay for her flights. Then it says red flag. Yeah, she was going to stay at his place. She had to say she was his wife so she could visit him on base. Red flag. Yeah. Blank told me how hot this man was and I couldn't help it. The murderino came out when I told her Ted Bundy was a hot guy, too. Mm -hmm. Now, Blank is not into true crime like yours truly. So she wasn't buying that such a hot guy would want to harm her. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, hot people aren't evil, no. Karen. Didn't you know that? It's so weird because it, they're blessed with being physically perfect and morally upright. <laughs> right. That's right. She lied about her current work situation to him. Oh. She was unemployed at the time, but she told him she had a job. I know now that came up because he asked her about her financial situation. Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, A, this lovely person put the red flag in red in this email, which I really appreciate. Nice. So I know what they mean. <laughs> That's right. What red means? Right. <laughs> I tried to bring her attention that it was so easy for her to lie about her job. He could be lying about everything. <laughs> Still, no, he was so hot. Why would he lie? I warned her that she doesn't know anyone else in Germany and she better look up the closest Canadian embassy since there seemed to be no talking her out of this. She laughed and thought I was crazy. I warned her about being murdered or having her organs sold. I didn't even think about being sold into sex slavery. She thought I was overreacting. Mm. At this point, I'm irritated that my friend can't see all the red flags I have pointed out. I was ready to say goodbye to my friend. She sent me a picture of him through text, and I told her I would not turn on my data for that. <laughs> At work the next day was eating me up. Was he legit? I downloaded the picture, and then I'll bold. This fucking guy was a fake as hell Instagram model. Yep. And then it says, no disrespect to my friend, but he was a 10, and he was out of her league. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> well, but a has a very good point there, though, where it's like, why is somebody trying to get a hold of you in this weird way yeah. when they being that beautiful could literally turn to any stranger anywhere they go yeah. and be like, should we hook up right now? Totally. And everyone will say yes to that person. That's right. That's right. So suddenly this person's going to be like, no, what I need to do is go online. Find a Canadian. Yes. Like, just find a rando. At this point, I had not told my office mates about my friend and her situation, but I needed their opinion. They agreed he was fake. Then I learned that you can Google search photos, question mark, exclamation, question mark, basically do a, what's it called? Backwards Google search? A reverse. Yeah. Thank you. Reverse Backwards image search. Reverse image search. Yeah. I'm a computer person. <laughs> this is not a CSI TV show magic thing. One of my office mates looked up the photo and in less than a minute, we found Capitano Maurice. You can look him up. We found each photo Blank had forwarded to me on this profile, along with a post of Capitano Maurice telling his followers his photos have been used to trick women. Oh, good for him. Poor Capitano. Capitano Maurice. I sent her the profile. She asked Jamie about it. He said his dad's name is Maurice. I don't understand that. 
It took a bit more convincing after that, but Blank finally believed me. She did not move to Germany and get murdered or sold to the black market. God. I recommended she watch Catfish, Doc, and or show, I didn't care which, and Dirty John, and she is now hooked on Catfish. Stay sexy and Google your new Bose photos, A. I mean, for real. Basics. Like, basics. Also, the... I'll just do my separate speech, separate from being catfished, which, you know, human beings make mistakes. Yeah. Hot people, (laughs) oftentimes, when you meet them and stand in front of them in real life, unless they were raised by super cool people, had great life experiences, what or started, like, there's nothing I love more than a guy that was like, I was actually really fat when I was young. Yeah. And then he's like the most sensitive, you know, kind hearted person. But on average, really hot people act like assholes because they've been treated like spoiled children all their lives. Yeah. Like they're spoiled by humanity loving them always. Yeah. So the hotness wears off when someone treats you like shit. It should. Yeah. So that idea that you're like, I'm going to move to a different country <laughs> to be with a guy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not a 10, Karen? And I don't know what that's. that's no, no, no. That's a separate <laughs> thing. You're an 11. <laughs> different. Different, different. Okay. Stephen, will you please look up Capitana Maurice so we can just take a gander at this guy? Yes. <laughs> we need to look at him. Study and then him. we need to DM him and see if he maybe wants to hook up. Maybe he's the one. <laughs> oh, Capitano. That's Capitano. a model. That's a model. If he's... someone sent me that, I'd be like, that's not a person. That's a model. Oh, shit. He, that's very Euro. Um yeah, he's all muscly. Yeah. And he's, he he loves to look off in the distance. I mean, that's that might be his number one hobby. <laughs> to hold his own chin and look into the distance. <laughs> Capitano. Well, I like, I appreciate that he warned everyone, like, people yeah. are using my photo, which is like the highest compliment you could get. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's getting out front of that and being like, look, g- guys, I yeah. really apologize, but I'm so in- intensely hot. Right. <laughs> Don't buy it. Don't buy it. I ripped these jeans myself. <laughs> okay. Ready for this one? Yes, please. The, sub- the subject line is just don't date medical students ever. Oh. Yeah. Bold. Bold statement yeah. right at the top. <laughs> Hello, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and Pets. Longtime listener, first time writer. And I wanted to begin telling you guys that I love your podcast and it helped me a lot going through the boredom of working from home due to the pandemic. And then in parentheses, also with being scared shitless of the future because the Brazilian president is a horror story on his own. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Today, I was scrolling through Twitter when I saw the weirdest news ever. It's the sort of thing that one would think that happened in an alley in Victorian London or maybe as a side plot in Grey's Anatomy, but it actually happened last week in, uh, this is not going to be good, Guarapari, Brazil. Hopefully that was mm-hmm. close. So the first thing I thought was that I had to write you. Mm. Guarapari is a small town on the coast of Brazil. Its economy is based on tourism and the town gets quite crowded during the summertime. But I've never seen anything crazy going on there. Just the occasional illegal party, car accidents and the kind of stupid things drunk people do on vacations on the beach. Last week, however, a young couple went to the Praia de Ermato, the Hermit's Beach. 
and used a few hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> Rumor has it that it was LSD, but no one quite knows. Mm. They were lying on the sand enjoying each other's company and the sunset when the woman told the guy that she was in medical school and was very excited about getting her degree and becoming a doctor. Apparently, she went to college in the capital of the state, which is Vitoria, and was in the fifth semester, which is almost halfway through the course. She told him that she dreamed of performing surgery by herself, which I assume could be because students are allowed in surgery rooms to watch only by the end of medical school. But who the hell knows? He eventually dozed off. Oh, no. When the guy woke up in the middle of the night, he was lying alone on the sand and his abdomen had been sliced open. <gasps> his small intestine was hanging from the wound and part of it had been removed. <gasps> his organ ended up being found by the police afterwards in the bushes nearby. No. Yeah. Probably one of the most bizarre parts of this case is that he was left with only 20 centimeters of the small intestine, but didn't suffer from severe blood loss. The incision was made with such precision that the organ was practically removed without fatal bleeding, even though apparently a broken glass bottle was used <gasps> as the tool what? and they were in the middle of a freaking beach. Oh. Despite the guy being on a date with the crazy student and all, no one knows for sure who did it. The version on the TV implies that the young woman did it. But after the story went viral on the Internet, there are versions about organ trafficking or even a serial killer. Mm. The investigation is being carried out confidentially. So pretty much all information so far is considered an urban legend until the police bring an official version. Mm. Do you think that's an urban legend? I don't know, but I think that this, it's not don't date a medical student. It's don't do hallucinogenics with strangers. <laughs> yes, that's the fucking, real. that is it. Hallucinogenics yeah, with strangers. First stranger. And also this, I bet you there's a hot person element to this. Right. 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 Because either his date could have been hot herself on right. drugs and like a, just a, a murderous or very selfish medical student right. or she could have been the bait exactly yes and it was an organ uh stealing ring but i was <laughs> oh, sorry can i finish the rest yes, there's yes, only yes, yes. stay sexy and maybe don't use drugs with medical students carrying glass bottles love from rio live okay but here okay what i was gonna say if that's yeah. the case and it's a whole or it's a whole ring then yes. they would have had a like knife with them <laughs> they wouldn't have been like true yes crack open you know what i mean like they would have had tools yeah they wouldn't if they're trying if it's something they're gonna try to sell on the black market right they're not gonna be like oh i just i improved it with a, a broken glass <laughs> bottle but still it's a very valuable item you're <sighs> totally right that's horrifying i it's bet it's an awful. urban legend but at least it's we're gonna teach everyone not to do hallucinogenics with strangers and you know what if it's live hopefully if it does come out and you do find out the truth in if the news reports yeah. the truth, please come back and say it's live from Rio and I've got the back end. Yeah. And then if you find out that it is actually an urban legend, go ahead and e email us that apology. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect. And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But... 
scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payments payment details, and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that saved time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. <laughs> the Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com MFM. OnePassword.com slash MFM. Goodbye. Uh, all right. Here's my last one. It's called okay. This is Why You Don't Go to Coney Island. What's up, y'all? Let's get to it. It was summer 2013 and I was 20 and a rising junior in college living oh. in... <laughs> is that your moon sign? Uh, <laughs> living in Brooklyn for a summer internship at a nonprofit in New York City. A friend of mine wanted to come visit one weekend, and for whatever reason, we decided we should make our way out to Coney Island during her stay. Were we hungry for hot dogs, desperate to die on a rickety-ass old roller coaster? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. On the way, way longer than expected, subway ride there, a father and his young daughter sat across the car from us. The daughter openly stared at me for about 10 straight minutes, giggling and whispering to her dad in another language as she pointed in my direction. Mm -hmm. He'd smile and nod at her. And when he'd glance at me to, in response to whatever she was babbling, I'd offer a polite yet uncomfortable tight lipped smile. Two stops before Coney Island, the girl, about four or five years old, I'd guess, finally ran over to stand right in front of me. My friend and I laughed awkwardly and said hi. She took a deep breath and screamed, all caps, I want to tear off your face and wear it over my face. What? <laughs> From a four or five year old. Her dad what? looked horrified as he scrambled over to pull her away from me, hurriedly explaining in stilted English, she just thinks you are very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and hopping off at the next stop, his daughter shrieked laughing the whole time and holding her face without taking her eyes off of me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> to this day, I can't eat a Nathan's hot dog without remembering a small <laughs> child half complimenting, half threatening me on the train while her dad watched in horror and Ugh. my friend and i still tell each other we want to tear off each other's faces when we think the <laughs> other looks particularly great in a photo <laughs> stay sexy and maybe just skip the trip to coney island on a weekend in new york alicia pronounced like alicia keys she her oh shit i mean it is the ultimate compliment I want to tear your face off and wear it as my own. And wear it as my own. And I want to live in a house and kill people with a chainsaw. <laughs> That's right. It's me, Leatherface from Texas so Chainsaw Massacre. Four-year-old Leather, four leather <laughs> Face from Chainsaw. It's the Leatherface origin story, yeah. Coney Island. Hi, I'm a little girl and I want to wear your skin. I can do anything. I'm a girl. <laughs> it's not right? scary. It's not scary. I can do anything a boy can do, like tear your face off and wear it on mine. The subject line of this is a different Charles. 
Hey, y'all. Sorry for no creative, witty, funny intro. After almost two years working in healthcare, my brain is fried and I'm on my lunch break. So here we go. (laughs) Good. I just listened to this week's episode, which was challenge practice and perked up when Karen mentioned that it was going to be a Bay Area story. I I moved to Silicon Valley about four years ago and was excited to hear about a local story. Then Karen mentioned that the story was about Charles D. Young, which I immediately thought to myself, Grandpa Chuck was murdered. I thought he died of old age. But alas, I'm getting old, but not old enough to have a grandfather born in the 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) Distant relative, maybe? Who knows? Maybe my fantasy of having a rich uncle somewhere that will pay off my student loans Mm. isn't so far-fetched. Funny enough, this is not the first person in my family to share a name with a rich and famous person. This reminded me of a time when I was little and my dad took me to drop off film to be developed. Remember when we still had to do that? Anyway, the guy took the envelope, looked at it, and then looked at my dad. After a second, he he asked my dad, are you the Dennis DeYoung? To which my dad responded, yes, yes, I am. After we left, I asked, daddy, are you famous? And he responded, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I believed him for years until I found out that he simply shared the same name as the lead singer of Styx. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to which he had used his full advantage in college in the 70s. Oh, my God. This month was the 16th anniversary of my dad's passing. And last week would have been his 65th birthday. So January is usually a really shitty month for me. So thank you for bringing back a memory that made me smile. Also this week, I was just thinking of the time I met Roger Ebert at the last Ebert Fest he was at before he passed. Mm. So this episode frankly freaked me out a little with, with all the coincidences. Yeah. And if perchance you read this on the show, I just wanted to let all the other D. Youngs out there know that if they go to the D. Young Museum in San Francisco, the old ladies selling tickets will roll their eyes at you if you ask if there's a family discount when you give them your ID. <laughs> That's a and dad it's just, joke if I've ever heard one. <laughs> for real. It's just signed E. E. D. Oh. Young. We know. We know who you e. are. E. D. Young. The D. Young Museum in San Francisco is where my friend Adrian and Opet and I went because they used to have like, I think it was Tuesday night was the free night mm. and you could go there and from like seven to 10, you could go there. It was free. There was wine what? and it was like, we were like, we're going to be, yeah. you know, we're going to meet hot museum art people. Or right. whatever, you know? And that's where um, I set off an alarm because we were looking <laughs> at um, a painting and it was like a still life with like a dead rabbit and some fruit. Yeah. And the rabbit fur looked so real that I tried to touch the painting oh, because no. I thought it was actual fur and then <laughs> immediately set off an alarm oh. at this like kind of you know event yeah. CNBC type of thing and a security guard came around the corner and was like you can't touch the paintings. <laughs> like this the most it's like one or one. You had you had too much whispering angel uh, Chardonnay or something, <laughs> right? This is like, is that real? I love yeah. rabbits. Touch the painting. <laughs> More wine. Uh, send us your things you've done in museums that are horrible or like things <gasps> you shouldn't have done. You know, things like rules that cle- yeah. that are very obvious once you broke them. Yeah, we and love, the trouble you got stories. into because of it. Yeah, that's right. M- mine was just you know. A museum alarm, it's it's low, but yeah. for a museum, it's really loud. I I have a similar one, but yeah. we'll save it for next time. Okay, sounds good. Uh, until then, please stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? 
This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Associate producer, Alejandra Keck. Engineer and mixer, Stephen Ray Morris. Researchers, Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Send us your hometowns and your fucking hoorays at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. And for more information about this podcast, our live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. Rate, review, and subscribe.